Okay. I'm Jamie. And I'm Charlotte. And you're listening to With With Relish. Relish. tea slips and I got the limbering oh out god all of it okay how you doing girl hey hey we're in the same room <laughs> actually in the same room we are quite close to a road though so if you hear some traffic it's just in placing you in our environment yeah it's an immersive experience it's an immersive Hamilton experience <laughs> the, yeah so Jamie has come down to Hamilton this weekend to spend time with me, which is amazing. It's fucking cold. <laughs> and it's Why freezing. Why the city? <laughs> it, there's I mean, like, we're in a city, but it's not a city. Yeah, there's like <laughs> very traditional, classic Hamilton fog happening right now, and it's cold, and we're in this, yeah, we're in my home office, and it's bloody freezing. <laughs> but it's great. Yeah, and I've got... If I feel like I'm starting to, I need to do disclaimers about my body first. So first of all, I feel like I'm slightly losing my voice because Jamie and I went drinking last night and I also have a slightly runny nose. So, oh yeah, I'm, I think I'm just silly because it's a bit cold. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a little badger or a mole or something. <laughs> Just snuffling about. Just snuffling around. So, hi everyone. We are here, and this is a brand new season. Season four. four. Yeah, season four. And um, you take it away. This is okay. this was your love child. This that is we, my baby. Because yeah. we talk a lot about foods that to us are foreign, foods from around the world. So we thought. For all of our listeners that are not from New Zealand, which is a lot of you, we're going to tell you about foods from our home. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about classic Kiwiana foods, the foods that we grew up with, really famous New Zealand foods or foods that we just fucking love here. Yeah. So that we're, you know, we're even in and get out. We're not just talking about everyone else's food. We're also talking about our food. I know, and it's going to be so fun. Like, we're talking about some seriously yummy foods, which, I don't know. And also some foods that I don't think are yummy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've got some interesting food. But, you know, like every country around the world, I feel like there's good stuff and the bad stuff. So we'll talk about all of it. Yes, and I am stoked. I'm pretty excited too. So you're first. (laughs) I'm telling you about one of my favorite foods today. (laughs) It's Lamington. Yum. So good. So freaking good. So I know these aren't common in a lot of places. They're a very antipodean food. So by general consensus, a Lamington is a sponge cake dipped in melted chocolate and then rolled in coconut. Or it's a sponge cake laid with jam, dipped in chocolate icing, and rolled in coconut. Yum. Or it's dipped in raspberry jelly and rolled in coconut. Or dipped in chocolate or raspberry, rolled in coconut, split in half vertically, and filled with cream and jam. So clearly we can't actually agree on what constitutes a lamington. There's a few different versions, eh? And like, they're all, they've all got a couple of things in common, common though. They are dipped and they're coated. Dipped and coated. Uh, we also can't agree on how or where they were invented. Mm, classic. Yep, classic. So, I can, however, tell you several conspiracy theories, a few unlikely anecdotes, and one or two probable tales okay. about the birth of our wee Lammy. I'm so excited about Lammies. Lammies. I love Lammies. <laughs> so, personally, I always thought Lammingtons were British. Because the name Lamington sounds super poncy and British, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's kind of true because they're named after a super poncy British governor uh, in Australia who was named, unsurprisingly, Lord Lamington. Best name ever. Best name ever. Uh, But Lord Lamington reputedly referred to these freaking delicious cakes as, and I quote, those bloody puffy woofy woolly biscuits. Wow, what a 
horrible thing to say about yeah. lammies. Which backs up historical opinion that he was a bit of a dick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And also he didn't know the difference between a sponge cake and a biscuit because they don't look anything like a biscuit. Nah, and like the texture's totally different. Yeah. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. You know nothing about Lamington. Yeah. Um, but alas, or maybe yay, they are British. So let's get into some dubious historical musings and some straight up lies about our heroic Lamington's backstory. Yes. So theory one is the most common theory. The theory with plot holes a mile wide is the most common theory. (laughs) So theory one tries to convince us that the iconic Lamington was created through a work accident by a maidservant of Lord Lamington, the aforementioned thoroughly British and somewhat dickish eighth governor of Queensland. So, story goes that the maidservant was working at Government House in Brisbane when she accidentally dropped the governor's favourite sponge cake Mm. into some melted chocolate and then sprinkled coconut on it to try and hide her fuck up. Oh my god. (laughs) And Lord Lamington, not a man of wasteful habits, suggested that they dip the whole thing in coconut to cover the chocolate and avoid getting messy fingers when eating it. Huh. But I call bullshit. Because firstly, who back then had a big bowl of melted chocolate big enough to drop a sponge cake in? Just lying around. Yeah, that seems a bit weird. No one. Fucking no one. Yeah. Secondly... Lord Lamington had a fancy French chef and a bunch of kitchen staff and serving staff. So why would his maidservant have been hanging around in the kitchen with a sponge cake? I call bullshit too. Mm-hmm. Suspicious. Mm. Thirdly, Lord Lamington wouldn't have been in the kitchen to witness this fuck up and likely would not have been told about it, therefore he could not have suggested the coconut. Mm. And fourthly, it's unlikely that any high society guests in the early 1900s would have been eating slices of cake with their fingers. Yeah, that's, that got me. And therefore, covering it in coconut to make it less messy wouldn't have been important. And fifthly, wow. by all accounts, Lord Lamington hated Lamingtons. Mm. So if this had been how it would have been invented, I doubt it would have been well received and therefore it would never have been made again. Nah, I call bullshit too because, yeah, the part where you said that they were eating with their fingers, I was like, that, no, that no. would have had dainty forks. Tiny forks. And like, no, you would never have been caught dead eating with your fingers. You'd probably get your bloody head chopped off or something. You would never be invited to Government House in Brisbane again. No, actually. It would have been social suicide. <laughs> Um, so we're just going to get rid of theory one. It's the most common, but it's clearly bullshit. Yeah. Debunk that shit. Debunked. So theory two is that the Lamington was named after Lord Lamington because he was known for wearing a Homburg hat that looked like one of the cakes. I call bullshit on this one as well. Wait, what does this hat look like? Because a Homburg hat looks like a fedora. And absolutely nothing like a lamington. I'm literally typing it up as we speak so I can try it and get a picture. zero percent resemblance to a lamington. Uh, no. No. No, it really doesn't. So I think we can just strike that one off as well. That's so weird. Like, who came up with this bullshit? It it looks nothing like a lamington. It just looks like a hat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Debunked. Debunked. (laughs) So. We're just official lamington debunkers. Oh, yes. So, let's move on to theory three, okay? Okay. Theory three uh, attributes the lamington's creation to Lord Lamington's chef, the French-born Armand Galland, who had to feed unexpected guests on short notice. Using only the limited ingredients available, Galland cut up some leftover French vanilla sponge cake, baked the day before, dipped the slices in chocolate, and set them in coconut. Impressed by his creation, Lord Lamington's guests were said to have later asked for the recipe. This version of events is supported by Lady Lamington's memoirs. Lady Lamington. Yes. 
And Lady Lamington is said to have been rather lovely, well liked by the community, and not at all an ass like her husband. Nice. So I'm more inclined to believe her memoirs. I'm also more inclined to believe that the head chef added the coconut, because while coconut wasn't common in European cooking at the time, mm. Galan's wife was from Tahiti, where coconut is really common. So it would have been an ingredient he was familiar with. What time was this? This is like early 1900s. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So chocolate is very expensive. Very expensive. Luxury and tropical like, foods are not common. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just go to the shop and buy some desiccated coconut. No. Okay. All right. So the fact that his wife is from Tahiti makes me be like, okay, this would have been a fancy ingredient that he knew how to use. Mm -hmm that other chefs may not have, so it's more likely he would have had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's theory three. I'm, I'm kind of on board with theory three. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it kind of sounds like it would be more viable. Yeah. Like, just for the time frame, and that's why I was like, wait, what time was this? Because, yeah, I mean, like today, you can buy chocolate and coconut from anywhere. Wherever. Like, yeah. You know, but... Yeah, there was a time when they were extremely luxury and yeah. like they very high quality goods. ingredient. Totally. Um, but that's not my last theory. Mm, gosh. Theory four. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise known as the best, if least true theory. Mm. Although it's possibly more true than the ridiculous Homburg hat theory. Fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Honestly. So like. In 2014, British news website The Guardian published an article claiming to prove that lamingtons were actually invented in New Zealand, where they were originally known as wellingtons. Hmm. The evidence? A 19th century painting depicting the so-called wellington cake on a kitchen bench. A New Zealand Herald newspaper archive examined by experts at Auckland University. Oh my god. So reports on Lord Lamington's visit to Wellington in 1895, before beginning his tenure as governor of Queensland, observed that he was much taken with the sweets provided him by local bakers A.R. Levin, among which the article states, was a Wellington, a double sponge dessert dressed in shavings of coconut intended to imitate the snow-capped mountains of New Zealand. That sounds like a Lamington. Sounds like a Lamington. There was outrage. Like, Australians rioted in the streets. New Zealanders had a celebratory beer at the pub. And then some smart cookie noticed that the Guardian article was published on April 1st. Oh. And everyone was very embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Make international headlines. That's next level. Um, so I like that theory. I'm fully on board with it. Completely unsubstantiated. Yeah. No one to be untrue, but I'm I'm sticking by it. I think that that, yeah, it's definitely, I just had the massive, biggest yawn, massivest yawn. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that's the most fun. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> but we've got one more. Oh we've my God, one Jamie, one. what the fuck? I researched. <laughs> I love Lamington. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> So theory five is documented by Jackie French in her 2008 article titled Another History of Lamington. Mm -hmm. According to Jackie, the Scots claim credit for the Lamington, saying it was a sheep shearer's wife in the village of Lamington who made the cake for a group of traveling sheep shearers because the coconut coating helps it travel long distances and uh, like being dipped yeah. keeps it fresh. Yes. Yep. Now, I don't believe a goddamn fucking word that Jackie says. Fucking Jackie. Because she also wrote that New Zealanders called Lamingtons Leamingtons or Lemmingtons, which are the names of towns, which we absolutely fucking don't. No. No. I was like, it's Jackie. It's L-A-M. Like, yeah, it's not a leam or a lem. It's a lab. It's a Lamington. So I don't fool. know where you got your intel, Jackie. But you are wrong. And if you called her that in New Zealand, people would look at you like you were a complete utter nutter. Jackie would get the royal treatment of 
being ostracized. Jackie would get like the head tilt and like confused eyebrow raise. Yeah. She would not last. No. <laughs> she would not get a lambing to me then. They'd be like, what the hell do you want from me? <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone, you weird lady. <laughs> Danny so, Jackie. While we may not have invented the lamington, New Zealand does hold the world record for making the biggest lamington. Uh, although even I think that calling that giant, ugly lump made of sponge bricks a lamington <laughs> is a stretch. <laughs> like, it is the ugliest thing I've seen in my life. Oh my god. What is it? What colour was it? It was, was mostly it sponge cake coloured. Yeah. And then they'd put, like, chocolate sauce between the layers and cook it. It was so what ugly. An abomination. I'll... I've got a picture of it for the Instagram so you guys can check out the world's biggest lamington. Like, I'm simultaneously proud and ashamed of it. I'm so ready for this. Uh, they made it at Sylvia Park, which is in oh, the city where I live. Yes. And I was really excited about it until I saw it. And then I was really disappointed. That's right. I remember you went to that mall. And yeah. I remember you telling me about this event. And I was just like, oh my god, this is so us. For whatever reason, I couldn't go. It's because it was at like midday on a Tuesday. It was, it was stupid. Yeah, it was some super random time of the week. Probably like in between school holidays or something ridiculous like yeah. that as well. And um yeah, I remember Jamie telling me about this event that she was going to, and I was just like, you have to go and, like, get, you know, photos and taste it and, you know, go and, ex- go and experience, experience this the giant, giant lamington. Such a disappointment. <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember her coming home and talking about it, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry, but the fact that it's just a giant sponge colour with, like, chocolate in between it's literally it. literally, like, slabs of sponge. It was so ugly. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Aww. I've got trauma. <laughs> but, you know, we're five theories in on where the lamington came from, and we still don't really know why it's so ingrained in Kiwi culture. Mm. Um, newspaper archives can't tell us, but we do know that the first printed mention of a lamington cake appears in an 1896 newspaper account of a lamington function Holy shit. at Laidley in Queensland. The event was in honour of Lord Lamington, who apparently didn't attend because he was a douchebag, mm. and also listed lamington tea, lamington soup, etc., etc., on the menu. So without a description of the cake, we don't know if it was actually completely different and just named after the event. Because everything on the menu had the word lamington in front of it. So, like, I'm imagining this, like, thick beige coconutty soup with, like, a <laughs> sprinkle of raspberry or chocolate on yeah, top of it. But obviously, like, that's not what it was because it was a lamington uh, function yeah. and just named everything after Lord Lamington. So it was probably like a vegetable soup or broth of It was just like a regular soup that they'd called Lamington, lamington soup. soup to be relevant. Because your Lamington soup, darling. Yes. And your Lamington entree. Your, and your Lamington everything. And your Lamington Like, cocktail. I would eat a Lamington soup if you made me like a, a vanilla flavoured smoothie. Mm. With some coconut and some berries on it. I would eat that. Yeah, I mean, literally just make it... 110%. Make it, like, lamington but liquid. <laughs> Delightful. Lamington tea sounds friggin' delicious. I bet you that Harney and Son could oh. make a mean lamington tea. In fact, doesn't tea too have, like, a lamington know. tea or, like, a coconut raspberry tea or something similar? We might similar? have to check, and if they don't, Harney and Son's product idea... Lamington tea. I'm so sure that somewhere, I've absolutely hand over heart seen a, like a coconut chocolate tea somewhere. Like I definitely had a coconut, like I've got a coconut tea at home mm. and it's like coconut and peach or something. Yeah. And there's definitely it a chocolate tea. Yeah. So. Yeah. It totally I exists. just don't know if they call it lamington tea. 
Imagine having that though, and then like putting a bit of milk in it. It would be like the perfect little like and treat. Smell. Mm, it'll smell so good. Mm. Yeah, because they've got like I've had like strawberries and cream tea and yeah, stuff, and, and that's like cookies and cream and quite yummy. So it absolutely would would exist. If it's yeah. not called Lamington tea, there's definitely like a raspberry coconut or like a chocolate coconut tea yes. out there. So delightful. So good. Um, and yeah, the first printed recipe for Lamingtons mm-hmm. was in the Queensland Country Life newspaper mm-hmm. in 1900, followed by one in the Sydney newspaper in 1901, and a New Zealand newspaper in 1902. Wow. So we're spanning back quite a bloody yeah. bit, eh? And it clearly spread very quickly, considering the time in which it was made. Mm. It became popular very, very quickly, probably because it's fucking delicious. Yum. Um, but none of these newspapers published the creator of the recipe or the reason for its name, leading me to believe there's some kind of Lamington conspiracy. Because we can't handle the truth, Charlotte. I know. And the thing is, is that it's like the pavlova. Like, it just is a classic that we are holding on to. And, like, no matter what gets thrown our way, we're like, no, it's ours. Yeah, it was just, I believe it was passed down from the gods directly into a paper bag at a bakery. No one invented it. It just became a thing. A thing. Yeah. One day it was just there and you could purchase it and it suddenly appeared in recipe books and people were like, wow. And everyone was like, oh yeah, this has always been here. What are you talking about? Of course. Here in New Zealand. This is where it's from. Delightful. Mm. So that's my fave. That's my lammy. Love. That was really interesting. And yeah, it's so weird. Just I think it's just also because we've got quite a few little bits and pieces like that where we're like, did it come from here? Did it come from Australia? Did it come from Britain? Like, where did it come Who from? Knows. And different versions have just been sort of like passed down and yeah. How interesting. So the, uh, the Lamington's a wee mystery. I and love. I kind of love that. Same. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it's like, at the end of the day, like, I mean, we're just going to own them. <laughs> yeah, like. It's ours. Oh, I really want a Lamington. Same. Can we get a Lamington after this? Like, let's find a bakery. Perfect. <laughs> let's find a bakery on the way to the Hamilton Gardens or something. Yes. Um, well... As you all know, like it's very on brand at the mo- at the moment for um, me to just be extremely unorganised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're nothing if not consistent. <laughs> so it's kind of just part of our brand now. Um, Jamie's the one that's exceptionally organised, and um, I'm the one that just stares at hats and thinks about food while she's <laughs> while she's busy she's doing. She's still her. got the picture of the Homburg hat that looks nothing like a Lamington up on her screen. <laughs> um, so my little sweetie treaty that I have decided to talk about, my little piece of kiwiana, is Jaffa's. <gasps> Yum and. I have Jaffa's right here for us to eat. Oh my god, yes, I love you. So, just for reference, it's 10.17am. I'm good. Charlotte's maybe slightly hungover. Mm. Um, And she's just pulled out this little, like, Ziploc dairy bag of Jaffa's, and I am going to fucking destroy these. Mm -hmm. This is what they sound like. Mmm. They are so good. I'm going to get this noise over quickly and then eat them away from my microphone so I'm just not rustling during your your pink. Do it. Um, and just give the give the crowd some ASMR before we get started. <laughs> Her face. Oh god, if you could all see that face right now. It's like a chipmunk eating some nuts. <laughs> I'm just going to put them all in my cheeks and store them for later. <laughs> it's like a chipmunk eating some nuts, guys. Um, all right. Anyway. Did you just pull one out of your mouth? Yeah, because I wanted to start talking and then I was like, I'm not going to like have it knocking around <laughs> on my teeth while I'm trying to talk. Um, so Jaffa's are a, I don't know, they're probably like just a bit over like a centimeter diameter. So they're a small, very kind of like 
richly orange, like a tangerine red kind of ball. They are hard, Just like a hard shell. I'm going to say that it's one point one centimeter 1.5 like 13 millimeters i'm gonna say yeah so they're just a small crunchy round candy and they are yeah bright red but they're kind of like an orangey like a rich orangey red and then inside is chocolate and it's just the most like visually pleasing candy and like something that if you're a kiwi kid you grow up eating these you they're get shiny. They're shiny. They're glossy. They ha- they leave you having a bright orange tongue, and you can often find them on cakes. Growing up, they'll be like oh, Rudolph's yeah. nose so or like, like a the cake. nose on a clown biscuit at the bakery. Yep, yep. You see them in like New Zealand bakeries all the time. Um, they taste like chocolate orange, so it's like an orangey chocolate, really delicious flavor. Um, they are like synonymous, I reckon, with like movies. Like I reckon, growing yeah. up, like you had when you went to the movie theater, you had Jaffers or you had Tangy Fruits. Oh, I fucking love Tangy Fruits. They don't make those anymore. You used and... to get the bottle of Tangy Fruits oh. or Jaffers. It was one or the other. Sometimes you got both of noisy lucky. things to chew. Also, yep. in a movie theater. Yeah. And like, if you saw someone in a movie theater you didn't like, you could throw them at their head. I didn't do it all the time, but you'd often see accidentally, like, Jaffa's rolling down the aisles and stuff. I would never waste my Jaffa's on people I didn't like. No, neither. I don't, like, I don't remember ever throwing a Jaffa at someone's head. That would hurt, man. Like You can get bruise from a Jaffa. They're like a little missile, like a tiny cannonball. Yeah, they're super hard. Um, but they basically, with everything, um, sometimes it can be hard to, like, completely pinpoint when something came to be I find especially when it comes to food like I think Jamie and I pick this topic of food (laughs) but it can be very hard sometimes to work out with food because food is such a a socially organic it just evolves and it continuously evolves and so you never really have like unless it's like a specific brand doing a specific packet of something that came out on this date you kind of don't have a lot of dates to work with so anyway um I did a little bit of research and so Jaffa's um look like they were released into New Zealand and Australian markets in the early 1930s so I had a couple of dates that were floating around 1931 and 1932 Jamie keeps trying to talk but she's also looking away from her microphone so the crunch I'm leaning away from my microphone so I can keep eating Jaffa's while Charlotte talks so they are an early 30s treat so they've been around almost 100 years now and I feel like they kind of look like a 30s yep lolly like they're not super complicated not super simple I don't I actually haven't bought Jaffa's in so long but Mm. I remember like last time I bought Jaffa's they came in like a cardboard box Mm -hmm. which had that very retro feel to it Mm. You know, you got your cardboard box, they rattled around in there, and it was very cute. Yeah, and that's part of the fun, I reckon, is, like, having that kind of retro. I don't know, there's just something so retro about a box of candy and having it just kind of, like, making that rolling noise. Like, is that that just a weird thing that I've got, or is it? Yeah, and I think because we associate it with being kids Mm. and seeing that box. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't really changed. Well, I say it hasn't changed. They probably come in a plastic bag now. I don't know. But it it was like it was always like the picture on the box might have changed, but it was the same box that your parents would have bought and your grandparents would have bought. And... Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I honestly had absolutely no idea about um, is that Jeffers come from they are from the jaffa orange so a jaffa orange oh. is an actual fruit that is hardly produced oh. anymore it's i a, did not know that no neither did i so a jaffa orange is a type of orange and it was grown in sort of like your arabic speaking countries so where okay. citrus is produced a lot um and it is known 
for its extremely thick skin. So it's got a very sturdy, oh, thick skin. Very hardy okay. orange. Seeing where this was going. It's a very hardy orange, and it has almost no pips. Huh. What a dreamy orange, right? Like, get out of there, What pips. a dreamy orange. But I can now... I've never actually looked at a jaffa and been like, this is a tiny orange, because they're not orange. They're red. Mm. Yep. But now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, it's chocolate covered in a thick hardy shell yep. that while it's red because I don't fucking know why it's red but it's a tiny chocolate orange Yep, and, and I have never put that together because clearly I'm fucking slow no it's, it's <laughs> fine I mean at the end of the day it's not orange it's red, it's red. so it does kind of throw you off I a bit I want to but... know why it's red Charlotte well so Jaffa is a city so it's a city and that's pretty much where the orange was produced oh okay where it was first exported from um but from what and honestly like I feel like this could be another whole episode but from what I read just due to um some political reasons mm -hmm. um it's hardly produced and exported anymore as an orange variety I uh, yeah I can imagine I that. think there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of political tension. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, um, yeah, it is an orange variety that's been around for a wee while. And, um, yeah, isn't really produced anymore. It's not – there are – like, I, I have done a little bit of digging, and, like, there are farmers trying to sort of keep the Jaffa orange alive oh, yeah. and to try keep and keep it, growing it and stuff. Around. Yeah, but it is um, – not really species, not the species, the variety. The variety, yeah. The species. We're not getting rid of orange as an overall family of fruits. <laughs> but how funny, eh? So that's so interesting. Because yeah. I always just assumed it was like one of those weird names where people are just like, let's just call it this because the kids will think it sounds cool or something. Mm, yeah, that's quite cool, eh? Yeah. Um, I want to eat more, but I'm just very aware of how crunchy they are. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so kind of like been around in New Zealand and Australia since the 1930s, um, and apparently it was, uh, they were created, well the orange coating was created from a man who specialised in like sugary syrups, oh. so he was like a food chemist and um, made a lot of sort of like sweet fruity syrups and things, and then that's kind of like how the um, orange oily kind of sweet coating for these was produced and like born I don't I'm know. trying so hard not to laugh because you said the coating was created from a man and now I'm imagining them taking the syrup making man and just like crushing him down it and was made him. from man it's like a soylent green like Tim, Jaffa coating his people Tom Colston Coggin to be what a name Tom Colston Coggin <gasps> yep. can you imagine being Mrs Colston Coggin I don't think I'd oh. like to be I, I maybe would. I think just I love that name. He um apparently he created many, many syrups before settling on the flavour that is unique to Jaffa's. Oh. And he um yeah, um just that's where it comes from. So he used to work for Sweet Acres. Sweet Acres. Yeah. Oh. Um so you may have also heard about the um term Jaffa being applied to. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. I know. Up. You can't talk about Jaffas without talking about Justin and other fucking Aucklander. I feel like this needs some background for people who aren't from New Zealand. Well, I've been, we're both born and raised in Auckland. I love I don't Auckland. live in the city I anymore. I no shame. But <laughs> just, oh, I love Auckland too. But like, just another fucking Aucklander is kind of what um it's kind of like a term that has been coined for Aucklanders um just the by way the rest that of New Zealand by the rest of New Zealand so like the north and the south, the south island and Stuart the island, north island, island. everywhere that's not as cultured and socially advanced as Auckland <laughs> and also doesn't like to sit in traffic for 35 hours <laughs> yeah so the people basically yeah I don't know honestly like I don't think I've ever 
Uh, I don't think I've ever really heard anyone calling an Aucklander a Jaffa. Like, I've heard, I've heard of the term. Say, when I lived in rural Waikato, yeah. people definitely called me a Jaffa. Yeah. Um, but it was generally in, like, a like a joking kind of a way. Like, oh, you fucking Jaffa, you don't even own a swan dry. Yeah, that's Or, like, so you need funny. to get some gumboots, you fucking Jaffa. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like what your sort of more like rural or smaller city folk would call big city living, even though I'm like Auckland is like think not that, that big. <laughs> I think it's because people assume oh I don't know, maybe there was just like really rude Aucklanders from one group and people were like, Oh, these fucking Aucklanders suck. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. And they just ruined it for everyone because yeah, I don't find Auckland is any ruder than anyone else in the country, like, having no. travelled around a bit. No, um, neither do I. So, um, I I think it's just, I mean, no one likes someone who orders a double decaf caramel soy mochaccino. Latte with almond yeah. and coconut milk. I mean, sprinkling having worked in hospitality in a rural area, I did have someone coming from a city being like, hi, I would like... A double soy latte with almond milk and a shot of caramel. And I was like, you can have a flat white, a cappuccino, or a black. That's it. That's all. That's all we do. (laughs) (laughs) And you better drink cow's milk. We've got a fancy coffee machine. Like, we've got soy or or milk. That's it. I love it. People don't ask for that shit out here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To wrap things up, um, speaking of other parts of New Zealand as well, um, you may have also heard of the Jaffa race yes. in Dunedin. Very competitive. Very competitive. So for those who don't know, Dunedin, which is where my mum is, um, Dunedin, one of my fave cities in New Zealand, has the steepest street. I think it's in the world. In the world, I believe. Um, well, in the recorded world. In the recorded like world. Like in the West. Yeah. World. Have you ever seen Baldwin Street? I've never in the been flesh? to Dunedin. Shit. Okay, well, you need to come down it's for a trip with there, me. Girl. To Mount Why Mac. would I go? It is <laughs> fucking freezing there. We'll go um, in the summer and I'll take a big jacket. Yeah, you can come down and stay with me at Mum's. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll just... We'll organise that off <laughs> off the records. Um, You're all invited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll record a podcast down there. Um, but anyway, guys, so Dunedin is home to many wonderful things, but Baldwin Street is one of them, and it is absolutely petrifying. I fucking hate Baldwin Street with a passion. Logan thought it was a lot of fun, um, but I have an absolute fear of driving up a really steep street in a car and the brakes not not working oh, so it, like I, rolling back I have this absolute fear in like the pit of my stomach and I can't stand going up steep streets in cars like I'm talking really steep there's well, only I, a few of them you mean yeah it just gives me this horrible feeling in my like stomach and like you're on the wrong like angle. I'm gonna fall back yeah. yeah it just freaks me out so anyway I hate Baldwin Street I made Logan park the car at the bottom of Baldwin Street and we sort of started to walk up a little bit and then I was like I'm done no. <laughs> I can't get I, I can't drive up it so I'll walk up some of it anyway it's extremely steep like vertical and um there is a I don't actually know if it still happens. I don't think it does happen. They did it for a long time. Like, it was tradition. And every year, as part of the, um, it was part of the Cadbury chocolate festival thing that they had down there when the Cadbury factory was still in Dunedin. It's not there anymore. I think that's why it stopped. It's not. Because they abandoned us. Yeah. They're not. They moved to Australia, I believe. They're not there anymore. And it was, yeah. Well, I used to go down to Dunedin sometimes, and the whole city would just smell of chocolate on, oh, like, the chocolate dream. days. Yeah, it was like Charlie the Chocolate Factory, but, like, real life. <sighs> and, anyway, gosh, I keep get digressing, sorry. Just, I love <laughs> anyway, Dunedin. It's just Jaffa so fun. Race. The Jaffa Race. The Jaffa Race. So, um, yeah, there were basically um, thousands. I'm talking, like, 20,000 to 30,000. It was – the numbers changed um, over the years, but I think it ended on – 30,000 Jaffers being raced from the top of the street down to the bottom and um, 
yeah, it was part so of the just fun. Drop your jabbering top, and it would just roll down, bouncing along with all the other jabbers down to the bottom, and there would just be this huge pile of jabbers at the bottom. Actually, though, yeah. and like, what did what what happened to them all? Like, what do you do I with all that candy? That's a lot of candy going to waste. I would have still eaten them. Do you like, think the streets ran red when it rained? With Jaffa blood. Jaffa blood. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm so not impressed with candy being wasted. Like, no. don't waste food. I'm food wasted like, is I'm, not okay. I'm, I have, like, I grew up going to car shows and eating food. I probably shouldn't have been eating. So I'm like, eh, just wash it off. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um... um I think yeah. it's quite a divisive flavour too, Jaffa's. Mm. You either love it or you hate it. Cause... Choc orange, though, it's a very, mm. like, yeah, you either love it or you hate it. There's not really an in-between. But, like, I've seen different variations. I've seen, like, Jaffa hot chocolates. I've seen, like, yeah, Jaffa, Jaffa ice cream. Jaffa are a big one. My dad loves yep. a Jaffa milkshake. Yep, Jaffa Tall milkshake. Town. Yes, absolutely. But, yeah, I've seen... You know, people doing twists of the Kiwi Classic or the, you, you know, milkshakes. And you do. You put them in the milkshake and it turns the milkshake red, which is quite hilarious. You don't put Jaffa's in a Jaffa milkshake, Charlotte. Yeah, you do. That's I've literally seen people doing that. I've never seen someone do that. You yeah. just have the Jaffa-flavoured milkshake syrup. No, you crush them up and it makes the milkshake red. I have never seen that. Oh, my God. I don't I didn't even know Jaffa syrup was a thing. Yeah. Or you get the orange syrup and the chocolate syrup and you do a pump of each. That's how the longest drink in town milkshake, you know, the cup with the giraffe on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which oh, we should I also th- talk about at some point. I thought you meant just like if you were at home making your no, own vanilla ice cream no, milkshake like with Jaffa's. When you go to the fish and chip shop and mm. they've got like the milkshake mm. flavours. Yes. Jaffa is um a solid a solid flavor choice ah, okay well if you're yeah if you're making your own jaffa milkshake at home with just like your milk your ice oh, cream okay, and your jaffas you'd crush them up and it does it makes the milkshake makes go bright red, red and yeah. it's quite hilarious yeah <laughs> the, the milkshake in the shop is bright red as well it's just not made with crushed up jaffas that's so funny but yeah i mean i've seen like hot chocolates being done like your choc orange like um or like and, a Jaffa slice. Yeah, and I actually found uh because it's a registered trademark. Um sneaking a couple more, sorry. No, that's alright. Let me just in my notes, I've got so many notes. So basically, um you guys probably have heard of the Australian supermarket Coles. Um but Sorry, I'm literally just skimming through all my Jaffa notes. Oh, Charlotte. So business, um, the business Coles, so like all those supermarkets, they have a generic version called Choc Orange Balls because Jaffa's is trademark, so they can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most uncreative. Coles, stop trying to be cool. Stop trying to make <laughs> chocolate orange balls happen. <laughs> but also, remember, like, Choc Orange just as a flavor, mm. the chocolate orange that we ate that time at your place. Um, it's just a yummy flavor. Like I love it. It's citrusy and sweet and delicious. But yeah, I get that it's not for everyone. Yeah, I think you either love it or you hate it. It's a very specific kind of a flavor. Mm. So that's a wrap on Jaffa's and Lamingtons. What did you learn today? Well, firstly that there's a town called Jaffa. Mm-hmm. Secondly, that there's a specific kind of orange. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, that they're meant to be little oranges, but some dickhead made them red. I know, so weird. Who is responsible for this? <laughs> yeah. What branding choices? Like actually, eh? Just yeah, it's not the smartest. But hey, they are almost a hundred years old, which is crazy. And they're delicious, and I'm going to eat the rest of that. <laughs> what did you learn today, Charlotte? Well, I learned that there are so many theories of where the bloody Lamington came from, and that yes. some of them are absolutely ridiculous. Mysterious. So mysterious. And I also learned that I only need to just talk about a Lamington for like a minute before I'm absolutely craving one. I'm salivating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, should we go get a lamington? Yeah, should we do a shameless plug first? Yes. Okay. All right. Shameless plug. Go. Okay. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast streaming service of choice. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can find us on Instagram by searching for With Relish Podcast, looking for the little red boomerang-shaped logo. 
We'll be sharing some pictures of the douchebag Lord Lamington, of the world's largest Lamington, of some Jaffa-related goodness, so head on over there. We're also on Facebook. And come chat to us. Yeah. Let us know that you're out there. Do it. And if you've got any ideas or, um, or questions about these foods. Yep. Or if we have pronounced something wrong or got some data wrong, Which let us know. <laughs> <laughs> We're always learning. And yeah, Jamie and I make mistakes all the time. So this is all just fun. So that's it for today. See you next time. Bye. Bye.